Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. Oh, he's ready. Here we go. Diving right in. Here it is. Audio only. We're trying. We'll get it. We'll get it one of these days. We'll get it. We made a big leap into the world of of John Carney. Mm-hmm. Right? He's it's a big step for us. Yeah, he's a demanding and a jealous. He's a hard guy master. to please. Yes, <laughs> you knew I reaped where I did not sow. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Well. Well, has anyone been pondering the deep things of life? Anything to talk about this morning? <laughs> oh. Dude, that's imagine where if I we live. started every episode like that. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> dorky. <laughs> I don't know. That's what about you, Rob? You've been pondering the deep things of life? I mean, how, why would you start like that, Matt? It's so dorky, man. Why would you say that? <laughs> Hey, it's okay. Well, Rob, anyone, don't listen. It sounds to like him. a PBS. <laughs> don't a listen show. to him. Well, I'm sorry. Sometimes I, I react because the deep things. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel judged and belittled by Connor. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we all do. Huh? The, the deepest thing. What's the deepest thing that I've thought about this morning? I think that's. Mm. Mm. Um, I thought, is my oatmeal microwaved enough? I feel like that was kind of getting into the depths there for a little hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. I thought at one point, am I really sitting in front of a computer stacked on books so my camera angle is right? <laughs> and only to have the video not work right. True. I'm still True. staring at a ring light. For no reason. <laughs> uh, no, Connor, you can turn that off. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't look away from the light. <clears throat> yeah, my ring light hasn't come in. I showed it to, to Rob earlier, but dude, I just found a simple solution. Just took the lamp on my desk. Just took the lampshade off. Boom. Let there be light. I don't think that's the same. I think the ring light... Part of it is that it's like softened or something. I don't know why the ring matters, but. Ah, come on. Yeah, man. Because I had a desk lamp just pointed right at my face in the last one. And apparently that wasn't good enough. (laughs) (laughs) Damaged my eyes, but uh, still wasn't good enough for for John. Just like bloody red eyes, like <laughs> veins popping out. Good morning, fans. How are ya? Just staring into the light. Speaking of red eyes, I think it was, I don't know what it is about my eyes. I have blue eyes when not being photographed with flashes, but it was a time in my youth when like every photo, once it was developed, I was the one that had red eyes. Did you guys ever do that? Have that happen to you? Lots of red eyes in photos. It doesn't seem to happen anymore with digital photography, but dang it, it happened a lot in junior high. No, I was always photographed perfectly. 
Yeah, quarterback Same. of the football team. No, actually, I found that uh, I'm not a very photogenic person. I don't know how to take pictures well. <laughs> I hate smiling on command. Mm. Like, I'm not good. I'm not good at just smiling because somebody's telling me to smile, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that because of the, the braces? <laughs> no, it's not because of the braces, Rob. <laughs> it's because I don't have a heart made of stone. sorry i'm authentic okay i'm not gonna smile when i'm not happy get out of here Mm. uh i had to take a picture recently because now i'm the vicariate vocation director for vicariates three and four of the archdiocese so i'm um i'm officially on the vocations poster with all the seminarians and stuff and um so i had to make a day trip up to Libertyville, which is where the studio is that takes all the seminarians' photos, you'll remember. Oh, oh yeah, man. I do remember it. He kindly made like a special appointment because I wasn't going to be around the day the seminarians all got their picture taken, but it was still a long way away, sitting in a lot of traffic out in the, out to the suburbs. I was not in a good mood, not in a mood to fake smile, <laughs> and it was really hot. I got there like 15 minutes early, so I had to wait for the place to open, so I'm just sitting in my car. And boy, that was, I've never been a very photogenic smile on command person either, Mike, but particularly that morning and, uh, <laughs> it's just me and him in the, in the studio and I could feel his energy being like, I, I think this is the best we're going to do, you know, without <laughs> saying it. <laughs> He's like, do you want to look at him? <laughs> I looked at him. And the first thing I said was, I can do better than that. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> did you say that out loud? <laughs> I did. I can do better than that. <laughs> wow. I looked, oh my gosh, I looked evil, dude. Oh, <laughs> so, no. You know when somebody looks angry, but they're smiling? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm oh, glad yeah. that I, so then it was, then it was even more weird because then he's like, okay, just laugh. And then, <laughs> then you sound like a total psycho because oh, you're laughing no. for no reason. Oh, oh no. my gosh, it was bad. Whoa. And I could see oh, why <laughs> I could see why people when they want to get I remember Pete, my buddy Pete, when he was getting photos for the back of his books, he hired somebody. And it was hours of them like walking around in different scenic places and you know, taking picture after picture after picture. I don't know, a hundred pictures and then picking like two that he liked. I was not about to do that. He took like eight pictures of me and I was like, that's good enough. That one. Holy cow. Whoa. That's a lot. But I also needed a new headshot because I keep getting complained at when I ask for a headshot because I send them my one from seven years ago when I was ordained and they say I look too young. Do you look that much different now? Well, I have a beard now. Mm. Um, These years have not been kind to me. <laughs> I get that, <laughs> dude. My my fake smile. I, I don't look evil, but it's like I feel really uncomfortable, and I know I look really uncomfortable. <laughs> and so, like when, because after you do sacraments, people just want pictures all the time, yeah. And just because they want pictures with the priest, you know, and. And so that I'm like telling jokes in my head to try and like actually make, make laugh. myself laugh, hmm. it, but it never works because then I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is this is pathetic. 
And I, I know I look uncomfortable because I don't know how to fake smile. I remember yeah. there was a there was a guy who uh, who was just like starting up a photograph company in our in our area when I was in high school, and he wanted me to take a bunch of photos for him, and we did the whole like scenic walk around the woods, and he was taking all these pictures of me and another gal, uh, and he used the phrase "Don't smile with your mouth, smile with your eyes," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> What does that what does that mean? What could that possibly mean? I have no idea how to do that. So then I like I'm staring at the camera like a psycho and I don't know if it's working, you know? Oh, Connor's mic got stuck, didn't it? Oh no. Is he can out? You, can you hear the clicking? Now <laughs> I can. Oh man, this is not going well. I think he got stuck on an on one of those rhythms, but when he was silent. Oh, man. Relax. How's my sound? Am, am I through the microphone? You're good. You're good. I need to figure out why that does that. That's a inexcusable, cannot happen again thing. It's like my microphone, or this, I think it's the audio interface. And Joe Pug has told me that this audio interface is garbage. And so I, I don't think I have any other choice than to dump $1,000 into the one that I want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's a, a question. I'm just going to ask it for the for the audience and for Rob. Because mm-hmm. what's an audio interface, though? Is that is that the Zencaster? Well, you, don't ha- you guys don't have one anymore because we got you mics that plug right into your computer. Mm. But you remember that little like soundboard thing with the knobs that you didn't oh. know? how to what? use Dude, definitely remember exactly that exactly what the knobs are about <laughs> that's an audio interface you're basically taking an analog signal and turning it into a digital mm. so it's right. usually a little box yeah I, mean, I it sounds like you don't have a choice man yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you gotta make it happen absolutely inexcusable yeah hmm Actually, I have a whole dream computer setup that's that would cost like a few thousand dollars, but because I hey man, if you can dream it, you can be it. If I can dream it, I can do it. This is following your dreams. I think you should do it. Yeah, it seems like a waste of money, but well, Mm, yeah, you're probably right. Don't do it. I'm just trying to support you. You know, what, you know, I'm having a rough morning. Yeah. Whatever, yeah, whatever you choose, we're still gonna love you, mm-hmm. and we just want you to be happy. Okay, <laughs> do whatever feels right. Oh man! So, has anybody been pondering the deep things this morning? <laughs> oh, um, hmm. I can share something that my spiritual director told me recently that has been. <laughs> Very fruitful um, in my life. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. I don't know if it's a type of prayer or just like a trick or tool. Um, but he, we were talking about, yeah, just different stuff. And he said to like go through these questions just when you're talking to Jesus in your prayer. And he was like, just name the things that you don't like 
in, in your life, about your life, circumstances, whatever it is, and just start like naming them of like, I don't like this. I don't like that this happened. I don't like that this person's suffering with this. I don't like that I struggle with this, what, whatever it is. And, and then the next line, and he called it like, it's a very, he said, it's a very priestly prayer. But he, he said, then just simply say, Jesus, I need you to see this and wait. And then you just close the prayer with the, the simple petition to, to, for the grace to like, Lord, help me to see it as you see it. And like in, it, specifically in regards to, to yourself of like, help me to see like what you see in, in this. And I got to say, at, at first I was like, okay, like that sounds, there's definitely an appeal to it, but it's been really beautiful. Um, it's like, yeah, it's just drawn this stuff out of my own heart that I, I will be honest, I did not know was there. Like just little resentments and like things that are frustrating or things that just kind of don't feel like they don't go your way, you know? Um, and I definitely will struggle with like, oh my gosh, like we just, I mean, yeah, you just hear the numbers about people like leaving the church or what, and it's like, I will struggle with that will default to like what I need to do. Like I need to figure it out and do this next thing or this next thing and all of that. And that, that isolates yourself from, from the Lord, man, big time. So I don't know. I'll throw that out there. Uh, that was just like a week ago, but I've been doing that little prayer exercise every night and I like it a lot. So for what it's worth. Hmm. Jesus, I need you to see this. Lord, help me to see it the way you see it. Yeah. Hmm. That's good, man. Yeah, I like that rhythm. It's, it's a way, I know, it, it sounds like something similar that I'll say to folks in confession um, when I just drop like a super wise spiritual bomb on them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, w- especially when folks are, are very harsh on themselves. Um, yeah, because in confession, man, it is a, a really unique, humbling situation for a person to be in, which is like looking at um, a child of God and wanting to communicate God's mercy to them. And like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really easy. Like I've fallen into it before as well, but folks come in and just kind of like blister themselves or blister mm-hmm. their life situation. And, you know, sometimes I'll ask a similar question. It's like, uh, how does Christ see that? Like, how does Christ see you in that? Uh, which it's a way of saying like, yeah, like we, we need to afford certain mercies to ourselves. Um, but it's also inviting Christ into the situation um, and saying like, no, actually he's the right way to, to look at it. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's just a simple invitation to see the world the way that the Lord does, but particularly to be like merciful to ourselves. Uh, not because, sin's okay or whatever, you know, 
um, because we don't need to strive for holiness, but because like Christ authentically does see it with the eyes of mercy and that he he sees um, something more than just our sin. He sees the the transformation of our sin through his grace. Yeah, and so just an invitation to see that. Um, well, it's kind of like the, the, I mean, this isn't just the Ignatian point, but he certainly makes it in the rules, but just putting words on things and, and getting them kind of out of the shadows as, as well. Um, I mean, man, that can, that can alleviate so much burden oftentimes. Um, and just in little, just in little ways of, I mean, just that simple prayer kind of like going through almost a litany of like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Um, and, but then it becomes personal. It's kind of like the IPF thing of like, you can't, you can't pray with how you should feel. You have to pray with what you do feel. And so just being able to relate little things of like, man, it kind of, it really did irk me when this person like said this or, um, you know, it's almost like, I don't like that. It irked me in, in that way. When they said that it wasn't that big of a deal, but like being able to recognize, no, there was something, something there that if it goes unrelated to, to Jesus, it just kind of becomes, um, like in, infected in, in a way, but yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I, I don't know what part of it, it exists within my heart, but I do feel um, like if somebody just, if I had fallen, was going to confession and, and knew that, like, knew that I, I was falling short of the glory of the Lord and, and not being obedient to him and um, like not living in his grace and following his commands. Um, if somebody said to me, just be merciful, like be kind to yourself, be merciful to yourself. I know that that's true and that's real. Like, how does Christ see this? And I know that he does see it with love. But there's also, and I don't know if this makes any sense to you guys, but there's a part of my heart that like resists, resists that and wants to say like, yeah, I know there's mercy there, but um, I also know that I legitimately messed up, you know, um, that I'm like hesitant to jump into the full, uh, you know, like, well, just mercy and kindness type camp. And I guess that's more of a feeling that I have. And I, hmm. I don't know, does, does that make any sense, that, that question there? What is that resistance? Yeah, I, I definitely relate to it. I don't have an answer of what it is. Um, and maybe that's kind of part of the reason, yeah, I felt a pull to bring that little exercise up this morning because I absolutely know what you're you're talking about and that's there like constantly in me. Um but that's what's interesting though of like going through this exercise and actually like mm. putting words on it of like, yeah, I don't, you know, almost in a sense of like I don't like this, I don't like that. I don't like, yeah, maybe, maybe like even that feeling coming in, you know, of whatever it is. Um, but you're just, I don't know, man, going through that exercise, you're just less alone in it. Like there's no mm -hmm. isolation to it either. So it's not that that's not real. I don't, I don't think it like cheapens it at all. Um, but it also, 
it just does it's not like there's not a heaviness there with it which is really nice yeah yeah i i think the alone thing is what makes things you don't like really bad and also hard about hard to pray about because you feel like you have to fix them or do something about them or or just be bummed um And I think communion, like those moments of, of communion, which is kind of what the function of these prayers feels like it is. Jesus, I need you to see this. It's just like, here, sit next to me and look at this stuff with me that's hard for me to process um, or it's distracting me or it's pulling me into my own self-reliant ego. And then Lord, help me to see it the way you see it. It's like, okay, now see it through me or help me to see it through you. Like, let's be one, um, which doesn't magically fix the thing, but it makes it not an occasion for uh, separation or alienation, which is, a, I, I think, it was on, last time I was at IPF, they said that it's not that the evil one makes things happen. It's that he takes things that are happening and then, like, creates a narrative in your heart, you know, that he tries to convince you, like, that's what this means is that you're really alone. God can't be trusted. You're bad. Stuff like that. Hmm. When the, the stuff of your life, I mean, it's all governed by providence and that the Holy Spirit has something to, to speak to your heart about each thing that happens. Um, but that's where, you know, the discerning life and the, a prayer life is what helps you to receive that, you know, and hear that and agree with it, you know. Um, but it's not like, oh, if God, if God wants it to happen, then like everything's going to be easy, you know. Right. When I, and I've heard, and maybe I've, I've felt it as well, um, you know, going through the process of naming all the things that you don't like, um, and then asking the Lord to see it, you know, it's, it, it's one of those, the, you know, I guess the quick rebuttal would be something like, well, obviously God sees it. God sees all things, you know, like, I don't, why do I need to pray and ask him for stuff? Because God is still, he's all powerful and he knows what I need and he knows what I'm going to ask for. And he knows my heart and the things that I want. And, and so why even say them? Um, and yet going through the process of saying, like, Christ, I need you to see that. I could see that being super duper, not just helpful, but um, like a point in prayer that does lead to communion with Christ, which then puts you in the heart of Jesus to actually look at those things, you know? So, so then you're actually in relationship with Christ as you're looking at, the things that you don't like, you know, and the, the circumstances and situations that are difficult. And then you're not seeing them alone. Um, yeah. So there's something really good about, I don't, it's not stating the obvious, but it's more like reminding yourself of the communion that exists. Yeah. But I think it's probably more than that. It's more than just like a psychological reminder. Um, Christ see these things. I, I, I like that prayer and I, I can't really explain 
the details and the nuances theologically of why I like it, but I like that prayer. Christ, see these things. Which obviously he does. Right. But you need to know that he does. <clears throat> yeah, man. It has felt like a like a, a pressure release valve in a lot of ways. Um, to be able to go through it, kind of be there with him. Yeah, whatever whatever is happening. I don't know exactly what is happening, but you can know it by its fruits for sure. Um, and I was thinking about this too of like, <clears throat> you know, somebody, I think it might've been a Newman thing, maybe um, it, was, it was a nice little like get together. Um, but it just got asked the question in, in like a really simple context of, you know, um, how, like Father Rob, how's the Lord been like most present in your life recently or something like that? And this was interesting. I don't know if you guys relate to this because it was like this moment and I was going through and I, I can't remember what, what I said. I, I didn't dodge it or anything like that. But I was like, man, I would like the first 50 things that came to mind happened in the context of the confessional, which was interesting. Mm. Like just, and it was really beautiful to think on that. But just kind of that narrative thing of what the evil one can do, Connor, like that's, that's a really profound thing because all of a sudden, like that simple question and like all of these graces of like being able to be in the confessional and um, yeah, like just really like it's moving even to, to think about um, and talk about now, but you, you obviously you can't like share that and so it felt isolating in the moment and so like that was maybe a, even a more tangible example was as weird as this as weird as this sounds but it was like i was like jesus i don't like that i can't share like what you're doing in the confessional and um but even saying it it was like it was just kind of calling to mind all this kind of like narrative being spun by the evil one that came into the light of like, whoa, I'm not like, when did I start thinking I was in the confessional alone or like I was doing this stuff or that was, you know, people coming to see me and not to see Jesus in the confessional, hmm. you know? So that was like, that was like a pretty major threat. I mean, that was a big grace um, for me. And it's, so it's like looking back, like, I don't, I don't even know when I kind of fell into that, but I mean, the evil one spun his web for sure. Mm. and that prayer man it, it saved me which was um does that make sense totally mm. that's really good dude get the impression that like just falling into a thought pattern without thinking about it um there's a <clears throat> is it the two standard meditation where you got Satan on the left and Jesus on the right and uh, they're calling their soldiers in and stuff like that. Um, somebody was sharing a grace at the end of the 30 day where I think the devil uses like money, which leads to honor, which leads to pride or something like that. Is that how the, the evil one convinces people to be on his side and Jesus offers you humility, insults and poverty? like the opposite of each of those things. Mm. Um, 
and he'd been he shared this this one guy he's uh he was on the retreat with us shared uh his like very vivid imagination prayer with it which was like these kind of creatures the demons um seducing him with these things the money the the pride the the honor and then like slowly tying him up and putting him on like this kind of stretcher thing or or whatever and just carrying him away and Jesus and St. Michael and the angels coming and just like blasting the cords and chains and stuff and taking him home um, to be on the free side. And it was and like that image has always stuck in my mind. It was his his prayer image, but it was very vivid of like the slow, like while you're distracted with the gold and the honor and the pride and everything, your your hands are being tied behind your back and you don't even know it. And then Jesus comes along and just kind of, breaks the cords like oh i didn't even realize i was a prisoner um but i was thinking that way that's what i thought of when you just were talking yeah it reminds me of i like that um but it reminds me of the from the narnia series the silver chair yes remember reading that one love that Mm -hmm. and it's one of my favorite like yeah talking about images ever but um because it's still is it still caspian in that one um, or is it Caspian's son? Maybe I can't remember, but whoever like the prince is, he's been deceived by the, the evil queen. And as they like, they get to him and they kind of bring him back to himself. They realize that kind of like all the work that he's been doing in this deception has been like, they're under, they're underground and he's been de- kind of this fortress and these tunnels that are all meant to like lay siege to his own kingdom. But then it's like by coming into the light through these like kind of messengers of providence, I guess. And isn't the children? um, Yeah, yeah, the children that come to him. um, It's actually though like that network of like tunnels and everything like that that allow them to defeat the queen and like Mm. kind of take back the the kingdom. But I, I always, I always thought, man, like what a what just what a prayerful guy Lewis had to have been to have come up to them in like a children's fantasy book. Um, but that whole idea of all that, like the, the networking was, it was, it was the ground was being laid to lay siege to his own kingdom, like his own kind of heart and being there. But because they came to him, he was able to come back and yeah, and then all of a sudden that was like the channel of grace, right? Which is, I mean, it's just a cool, cool image. Yeah, which lends itself to, I think, Connor, you proposed it many years back on the podcast, but Christ diving into the tunnel with us, mm-hmm. not not just calling us from outside in, but yeah, like really jumping in and leading us, setting us free, and then leading us through the the labyrinth of 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 sin into into freedom. Uh, but then on top of that, now using the labyrinth underground as a vehicle for victory, like a vehicle for grace. Yeah, dude, Lewis, he was dynamite with that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, he must have been a very prayerful guy. I think that's right. I got to get going, guys. All righty. Good chat. Yeah, we got it. We got a podcast in. Oh, for sure. Started with video. <laughs>
Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> All good. right. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.